You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. We all have a dream. Every one of us has a dream. Now if you don't have a dream, I say, what is your dream? And I ask you, what is your dream? You say, oh, I don't know. I can tell you right there and then, that you contemplate suicide presently. Because there's no such thing as a suicidal dreamer. A person, if I say, what is your dream? And they say, well, it's just to survive tomorrow. I can tell you right there that you deal with, with depression. Because you could not, I'll never find a depressed dreamer. Hmm. When you have a dream inside of your heart, then you know for a fact there's some life in you. There's a purpose, there's a reason. Well, what is your dream? My dream is just to pay my bills. But here's the crazy part. When your bills are paid, your purpose is vanished, and now you're back to depression. And I'm not gonna lie, every one of us deals with depression in some sort of way. So I'm not trying to say that there's somewhere depression or not. Maybe right now you're good, maybe tomorrow you're not. But let me tell you right now, dreams, with the dreams inside of you, there's a spark within you. And maybe at one point when you were younger, we all had a dream. You ask a child, hey, what's your dream? Oh, I want a dream to be this, I want to be that. I want to... You ask a teenager, I want to be this, I want to be that. You ask a person as they get older in their, in their years, they start saying, mm, they start shrugging their shoulders. So I love asking, what is your dream? What is your passion? What are you excited for in life? And if you don't have it, and if you're here right now, and you're, you're watching this, and you're saying, Stephen, you're right, I deal with depression. Then the question is, what is your dream? Well, how do I get a dream? It's not how you get a dream, it's how do you create a dream? You see, dreams are passions within our heart, which is from our desire, a desire of our hearts. And you know, desire, D-E-S-I-R-E, I can spell, desire is broken into two words, de-zire. De-zire is de-of, desire God. So the desires of your heart is implanted of God. And if you don't have that, it's simply as praying, God, give me a dream. God birthed something in me, a dream that I could run towards. But here's the thing. Every one of us has had a dream at one point. Has had a dream maybe last week. Now we just don't know what it is. But the thing is that, that the dream, there are three challenges to overcome for us to see a dream fulfilled. And the three things that we're, that we must overcome to see a dream fulfilled are three keys. Say keys. The first one for us to see a dream fulfilled to overcome is a test. For us to overcome a test before we see our dream fulfilled. This is a long one, but I'll read it for you guys. Genesis 22, 1 to 18. Sometime later, God tested Abraham he said to Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded up his donkey. 
he took him, two of his servants, and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for a place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw a place in the distance. He said to his servants, to his servants, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there. We will worship, say worship, and we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said, Father Abraham, or just Father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Can you, this puzzle, can you imagine? The father knows he's going to sacrifice his son. Hmm. And the son's like, uh, who's, where's the offering? Where's the thing where to kill and burn and give to God? And in the back of his head, Abraham's like, shoot, you're the guy. <laughs> but he says, God will provide. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him and said from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay hands on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you did not withheld him from me, your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there was a thicket. He saw a ram caught by the horns. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, okay, this is funny. I swear by myself. This is God speaking, by the way. Okay, we, all, we say, I swear to God. God's like, I swear to myself. Okay, this is the Bible, by the way. I'm not making this up. Actually, when I read that, I laugh so much. It's like, I swear by myself. You know, um, anyways. I swear to myself, because of the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand of the seashores. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Amen. Amen. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. That is the Jews. Amen. There's the Jew right there. So here's the story. God tells Abraham, go and sacrifice your son. But keep in mind, prior to this, Abraham's like begging God for a child. They were without child. And when they, were, when they finally got a child, God says, all right, the child you've been blessed with, the thing you've been wanting and waiting for, I'm not going to actually sacrifice that. And Abraham says, yes, I'll give it to you. And here's the challenge for us tonight. The dream for us a lot of times, a challenge of us, our dream, is tested. Because when we had a little glimpse of our blessing, of our God fulfilling that blessing for us, the question is, are we willing to give it to Him? Or are we going to withhold it and not give it to Him? Does that make sense? It's all a matter of us having the dream fulfilled and saying, God, you've given me this dream, the son, my child, 
And now are you willing to give it? And because he's willing to give it, he gave multiple. You see, the thing about God is when you give up something for God, for the purpose of God's sake, he doesn't just take it from you. And God doesn't just add to you. There's no such thing as addition. There's no such thing as adding with God. He goes, you give me one, I'll give you two. He doesn't add. He multiplies. So when God says, give me your one child, show me what sacrifice your one child, he gave his only son, and he received as many as the stars in the sky. So for those of us who are struggling with giving, say, I don't want to give because I'm not sure. He doesn't just give back, he multiplies. Amen. Amen. So the three challenges we must overcome, the first one for the dream to be fulfilled, is the test. The second one is the time. I am the most impatient person out there. I gotta tell you right now how impatient I am. I am so impatient. I'm actually, you know, I was funny because I was watching this morning. <laughs> I was watching a bunch of uh, TikToks. And somehow, someway, somehow, someway, all my TikToks algorithms showed me all these Karen videos. Every one of these videos were Karen videos. I looked at Karen videos were like entitled, and like, I just need a manager, I didn't complain about this, I didn't complain about that. And I, I looked at Casey, I was like, Casey, I am a freaking Karen. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, I seriously am a big Karen. I don't know, we'll put that online. So, but I admitted that, so the first thing I asked him is to it, okay? I'm a big Karen, okay? Casey will have road rage, but she'll complain to herself. But I am a Karen. So I will roll down my window and yell at the top of my lungs. Engage and Casey are like so embarrassed every time. But like, watch where you're going! <laughs> but come to church or something. <laughs> you know? Or we would go to a Japanese restaurant at the casino. We went to Law 94. And the food was horrible. And I was like, and my host was like, how was the food? And I was like, oh, it was disgusting. You guys call this a restaurant and a casino? I expected more from you guys. I, I wasted my tip on that, you know. No offense, you're, you know. I, I would complain. It's like, well, what if they gave you back your money that you paid your tip and, and those scratchers? I was like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the biggest Karen. We were at, we were at a restaurant uh, for Angela's birthday last night, uh, you know, so, and then someone's steak was overdone than they wanted. And I was like, oh, I would complain. I would say something. <laughs> you know, but these people just switched, switched plates. In the back of my head, I'm like, I was bubbling up and said, I'm going to say something, you know? <laughs> Anyways, but I'm a Karen. I'm going to fix it. I'll work on it. Okay, I'll work on it. Pray for me. But when it comes to timing, here's the thing. We are all guilty of being impatient. Of being impatient. We, we want a dream of ours. We want something uh, to be fulfilled for our lives. We say, I want it. I want it now. First Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore humble yourself under the hand, mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Can I say this? That there's two words of time. There's time. There's chronos, which is where we get the word chronological. Chronos. That's the Greek. Chronological. Chronos. And then there's kairos, which is God appointed. How many of you guys know that God, with God, there is no time? There's no time and space for him. Here's a little joke for you guys. Okay? I got from Joel <laughs> The joke is, this man goes to heaven and he goes, God, you're so big. I know that 
To you, you want a thousand, you know, you want all the all, all the stuff for So let me ask you with how big you are, how much is a dollar, a buck? A buck to me, <laughs> a buck to me is like a hundred million dollars. It's like wow. And it's like, how about time? How much is an hour? Well, a second to me is a million years. Wow. And so the guy just think like just really contemplate how big God is. And he got a little greedy. He goes, hmm, a dollar is a hundred million dollars to him? And he goes, God, before I go back down, because it's not my time to die yet, but can I have a buck? <laughs> and he turns around and goes, sure, one second. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> so, anyways, if you don't like it, that's Joel Osteen for you, okay? So anyways, again, back to our sermon. Chronos, chronological, Kairos, God appointed time. You see, when we're over here contemplating, say, God, you know, like, I need this at this time, this day, this hour. But in actuality, for him, it's like there is no linear, there's no time for him. It's just moments. It's moments. And so, Galatians 4 4, but when the fullness of, that, of the time has come, God has sent forth His Son, born of a woman, under the law. Many times you see in Scripture, when Jesus is talking to His people, it's not my time yet. It's not my time. It's not my moment. And we see that all the time. Ecclesiastes 3.1.8. This is long. We'll just skip through it, but I'll read through it a little quickly here. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to be uprooted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A, a, a time to search, and a time to give up. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear down, a tear, and a time to, to mend. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to, to hate, in a time of war and a time of peace. What we're talking about here in Ecclesiastes is the aspect of there's a time for everything. So here's the funny part. Ready for this? You're with two categories. And you guys heard me say this before. There are two categories. Category is this. One is you need a miracle. So right now you're in one of these two categories. You need a miracle. Or the second category is you're, you need to be someone's miracle. Mm. Again, ask yourself this question. Oh, hey. Um, he needs a miracle. And so, okay. Thanks, buddy. So, you're in two categories. You need a miracle, or you need to be someone's miracle. So always ask yourself that question. This morning when I wake up, am I needing to be someone's miracle, or do I need a miracle? Does that make sense? And so understand this, that Ecclesiastes tells us here, there's a time for everything. And for us, because there's a time for everything, we need to understand this concept that our dreams we fulfilled takes time. But it's not our time. It's God's time. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. 
if we do not give up. My friends, failure is only failure when you actually give up. Failure is not because it's hard. Failure is not because it's hard. It's going to be hard. Oh, I'm such a failure. Did you give up? No, but it's so hard. I failed. You didn't fail until you give up. So don't give up. There's a quote, there's a saying, a quote that says, it ain't over until the fat lady sings. And if she's not singing, it's not over. And so, Paul took 13 years in the wilderness season before he came out to his ministry. We think he just got saved on that and started becoming a minister. It took 13 years from the moment he had that word of Damascus moment to the moment he became in ministry. Jesus had ministry for three years, but it took him 30 years to prepare for that three years. And here we are thinking that we can go ahead and change the world in a moment. But there's time. Again, Jesus did three years of public ministry, but took 30 years to prepare for it. And the last thing here is the challenge for us when it comes to the three T's to overcome for us to see a dream fulfilled. The last one is the transferring. The challenge of transferring. We don't want to transfer. We want to earn it ourselves. We want it by ourselves. It's my way or the highway. You know what's funny is that I'm very arrogant. It's very humble for me whenever I ask for help. Now, if you clean my house, I'll ask anyone for help for that, okay? Because <laughs> I'm lazy as a mofo. Okay, so please, everyone help me clean up, okay? But outside of that, though, when it comes to success and finance and achievement, it's very hard for me to ask for help. Because I want to do it my way. I want to have me get all that glory, all that, oh, I did it, I did it, I'm the one, I'm the one who's, who's, I'm the macho man. But you know, it's funny, even the biggest buff macho man needed a spotter so that he doesn't hurt himself. And even the Lonely Ranger had Toto, the freaking dog with peas everywhere. <laughs> and the transferring aspect, your dream is revealed and transferred to you when you're with someone else. And not just when you're with someone else, but when you're serving someone else. You see, Jesus said, I did not come into the world to be served, but to serve. Exodus chapter 3, Moses was serving Jethro, his father-in-law, as a shepherd to Jethro's sheep. And as he was tending the sheep, he would then encounter God in a burning bush. And that's where he receives identity. 1 Samuel chapter 9, Saul was looking for his father's donkeys when Samuel anointed Saul as king over Israel. 1 Samuel 17, there was a war when David was a shepherd and Jesse asked David to bring food, bring lunch, to his brothers who were at war. And when he went to go bring food to his brothers, serve his brothers, God's anointing came upon David, which in serving his brothers and father, he then found his calling and anointing. You see, it is through serving you get transferred to dreams. If you're just thinking to yourself, I'm going to do it my way, I'm going to do it by myself, and then I'm not going to do, involve anybody else, it's just going to be me, I'm not going to serve no one else. Serving is where your dreams are birthed. If you deal, and this is just church or not church, religion or not religion, if you deal with massive depression, get out of your butt and go volunteer somewhere. 
go volunteer at animal shelter, go volunteer at a homeless shelter, at an old ladies' home, or men's home, whatever. Volunteer anywhere. But when you find yourself volunteering, you'll notice, wow, my depression is gone. Because you're out of yourself. Depressed people love to be alone. Depressed people are alone all the time. If you have friends who are depressed, say, hey, let's go and volunteer to this or to that. Hey, let's go and get involved and maybe help out feed the homeless. Let's live in church. You know, hey, let's go and X, Y, and Z. Because now you're living beyond yourself. But the moment you keep focusing on yourself is the moment you get more and more depressed. The moment you find yourself being more and more suicidal and your thoughts begin to haunt you. Did you know, let me just be honest with you guys, the people who ever, whoever says to themselves, whoever says out loud, oh, I'm trying to find myself, are the people who deal with the biggest depressions. Because why? They look to themselves. They don't look to other people. Instead, rather than saying, let me find myself, you can't find yourself. The reason why is because yourself is always changing. So say, oh, I found myself. Oh, where, where do you go? He's moving. My friends, understand this. If you want to find yourself, if you want to understand yourself, you want to know how this keyboard works, sure, the manual is great. You can read the manual. But it's even better if you can go to the creator of that thing. And the creator will then say, this is how it works. No manual needed. It'll tell you all the secrets and all the gadgets and all of this and the other. Same thing with God. You were created in His likeness and His image. If you want to find yourself, seek God. And say, God, I'm going to read your manual, but I need you to speak to me. Because I don't know how this thing works. I'd be upfront real, but I don't know how this works. Can you reveal yourself to me? Because apparently I'm made in your image. And here's the thing. The way we're made to work is to serve. We were made for one another. God, in the original creation of Adam and Eve, God made all the earth. He was like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. But he knew there was something missing. He wanted fellowship. God wanted fellowship with another being. So he created Adam. But God created Adam, and God was so secure in himself. Okay, this is crazy. You can see this is where God's not insecure. God's so secure in himself, he says, I'm going to make a helper. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't God a helper? Yeah, God's a helper. Because I'm going to make Adam a helper for this man. And so God created Eve to serve one another, to dominate together. But you know what's crazy, little psycho? When God gave them the orders of you can dominate the fields, you can dominate the animals, you can dominate the land, you can dominate, he never said you can dominate each other. They were meant to co-rule with each other. Different story, different sermon. But it's the aspect of service. For us to see a dream fulfilled in our lives, it's all about the transferring. It's all about the testing, overcoming the test, overcoming the time, being patient, and understanding that our, our dreams are fulfilled when we serve. When we serve. 
Luke 16, 10, 12. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever can be dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in heavenly worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? In that very verse there, it's another test. Can you be trusted with the little that you have? Stephen, all I have is $100 in my bank account. Can you be trusted? Bro, when I make a million dollars, that's when I'll start giving. No, I doubt it. Because how you handle a hundred, how you handle a thousand, how you handle a thousand, how you handle a million, and so forth, so forth. I remember my mentor, I'm guilty. I told my mentor when, I was, when we first started out, oh man, I want to buy homes for people. We want to buy homes for people. He's like, great. Can you buy $10 groceries for someone else? When I get money, you have a bank account? Do it now. But I only have it, 200 bucks from the bank. I just said 10 bucks. But I can barely pay my own bills. Like, you're worried about yourself. So very little, very, very beginning part, my mentor taught me how to be generous with the very little that I have. And this is the scripture here. If you can be trusted with little, the little that you have, God will give you much. But if you can't be trusted with the little, he won't ever trust you with the much. So how are you handling the talents, the resources you have now? If you're like this and holding on with this and everything you get, God will give you nothing. Because your hand's too tight. But if your hand is open, but what if I lose it? Never. God never adds. He multiplies. Last verse here, Matthew 25:23. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will now put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Our master God is ready to give you your dreams, ready to give you the thing that you desire the most. But the question is, is how are you handling the limitedness that you have now? How are we dealing with, first off, the testing? The moment the first test come up, we give up. And say, I don't want to deal with this no more. This is too much. F this, I'm done. And the time, we get impatient. We say, you know, I'm in pain. I, I can't deal with a waiting game. God, answer my prayers now. But you know what's funny? Is that we talk and we hear the news. Oh, this is the biggest downfall in the economy. The, the, we're going to the pressure, we're going to recession. The last time I remember in the Depression, recession, people were in line for soup kitchens. We're still in line for new iWatches. Your life is not as bad as you think. But the question is, how are we handling and overcoming the test, the time, and the transferring? Everyone's head bowed, eyes closed. God, tonight is my prayer that we would grow stronger in you, Father God. That we would grow stronger in our waiting, 
in, in handling the test that you throw at us, and God, in serving others, one another. It is my prayer, Father God, that we would begin to discover our destiny, our purpose in life through service. If tonight you're there watching online, you're saying, or maybe you're here saying, Stephen, pray for me. I want to experience this Jesus thing. If that's you online, make sure you leave a comment below and we'll send you my book. And those of you who are here tonight and say, yes, Stephen, I want to experience this whole Jesus thing. Just peek at me. Amen. Watching online and hearing now, just pray this prayer out loud and say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I make the Lord of my life. Heaven is my home. God is my Father. Thank you for your salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. And maybe here tonight, next prayer I want to pray is for those who, who are saying, Stephen, I need some strength in this whole patient thing, this whole waiting game, the whole testing thing. And saying, I need strength from heaven. If that's you right now, if you can just wave at me a little bit. Amen. Amen. Father God, it's our prayer right now for those of who, who need that strength. May your supernatural strength come upon us tonight. Breathe life into our dreams. Remind us of our dreams. And take it out of ourselves and focus on other people and serving others. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good Father. We declare abundance right now, and we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.